You're listening to Seaside Book Club Discussions, bringing you the authors and their work. Come sit with host Donasia Furlow to discover and discuss. Hello, welcome to episode four of Seaside Book Club Discussions. I have a very special guest with us today. This is Author Untamed. We're going to be reviewing and pretty much talking about her book, The View. Hi, how are you? I am good, thank you. I'd like to thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me to discuss your book, The View. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to get into the discussion. Uh, It's so rich with information. (laughs) Nice. Okay, so let's get right into it then. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I am untamed. I would like to think that I am your next favorite author. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm also a ghostwriter. I'm a podcaster, a production assistant for Boss Magnet Media, and the owner of Untamed Publishing. But, you know, aside from all of the business things, you know, I'm a writer, that friend, and most importantly, the mother of three wonderful kids and an angel baby Mm -hmm. and a wife to an amazing husband and a child of God. That is wonderful. So you've done a lot of ghostwriting. So that's pretty interesting. So did you start ghostwriting like prior to you getting into your own work? Actually, no, that actually came as a result of being a published author. I have an agent and I'm with um, Literary Champagne Suite. And because of my actual work, my catalog of work that I had, um, when you have clients that come in and they want to have ghostwriters, they try to pair you with um, someone who fits your writing style or the genre that you want to write with. And that's how I got into ghostwriting. So, but, and it's been a fun experience. It really has. I can imagine. <laughs> All right. So why did you choose the pen name Untamed? I'm glad you asked that question because so many people assume that it's, you know, that I write erotica first. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you must write erotica because the name was Tame. You know, it comes right. with a certain connotation to it. And it feels like, oh, okay, you write, you know, frisky work. But that's actually not why I came up with it. Um, a little known fact about me is that I'm a PK. And for those who don't know what a PK is, I'm a preacher's kid. And so right. when I was writing, it weighed really heavy on me. I was very reserved in the way that I would write and stories that I would write because of that. But I also noticed that it stunted my growth. So when I made up in my mind, you know, that I was just going to write and just let my ink spill the way that was in my heart, I noticed a change in my writing. And to be honest, it really just ignited something in the craft for me. Um, And so that's why I chose Untamed, because I was no longer controlled in my writing style by the fears and the opinions of others. And I think that was able, you know, that right there was very freeing for me. So it was able to allow me to be open in a way that I hadn't been before. Wow, that is powerful, definitely, Uh, especially because I grew up also um, not as a preacher's kid, but, you know, in the Seventh-day Adventist church, you know, there are all those rules And I can't imagine, you know, having to put out work that your parents might, you know, blush, you know, even just reading the words on the book. Like, is this my kid? Did she really just, like, write this stuff? Like, is that what's going on in your head? (laughs) Right. Absolutely. And I, you know, even after writing, I was a little fearful. And the funniest thing is that um, my mom has passed. So when I became a published author... I was um, very close to my aunt, which is my mom's sister. She's like, I always call her my second mom because basically she had a hand in raising me just like my mom. You know, it's no difference. Yeah. So my my two go-to people that I always am like, you know, just holding my breath for approval are my father, who's the preacher, and my aunt. Right, right. And because my father is a preacher, I, my, my, my reservations were more with him. And right. so... I when I my first book that I ever published, and I go to my aunt and to my dad thinking, okay, my aunt's gonna get it, my dad's not gonna get it, because you know I'm trying to be really fancy about the way that I describe right. the book. Yes, and, and I said it's urban, you know. I said my aunt's like, well, what do you mean urban? <laughs> right and I'm like urban fiction you know and she's like well what do you mean (laughs) and 
And I was like, what? Uh, she has a little cursing and some sex right. in it, okay? And so she's like, oh, oh my goodness. Oh, okay, okay. I'm glad yeah, you warned me. Glossed right over that. There's some sex. I'm like, right. Fine. right. And so I go to my dad and I said, Dad, it's urban. And he was like, oh, so it has some cursing and sex in it. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately that was his response. I was like, did you talk to my dad? And he's like, no. And I was like, you know, I can now I see that I am your child because you knew exactly right. what I was going for when I said <laughs> Wow. So just the pen name in and of itself had been kind of an emancipation for you. Just yes. being able to express yourself on that level. Yes. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the book that, you know, we're here to talk about, The View. The View. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> This is one book that I really enjoyed. And it was me actually stepping into a different genre. Right. I actually, um, it's funny because like I said earlier, you know, Untamed was almost synonymous with erotica in people's minds. Right. You know, and this was actually, I want to say maybe the sixth book that I've, that I've written and it dived into erotic romance. So it was actually a newer genre for me, but I wanted to do it a bit different because I wanted to make it based off of a story about the relationship between, you know, the husband and the wife. And right. and so with The View, it's, it's a story that just delivers on several different relationship topics. But to the core, it's about a husband and wife, Michael and Carly, who love each other, but they've hit an unexpected crossroad because... Carly is growing and she's coming into her own, so to speak, you know, professionally and personally. Whereas Michael, he's already hit his stride and he's comfortable where he is in life. And so at its core, the story forces us just to understand that even in marriage, we have our individual growth and journeys. And it's not only about the power of communicating, but effective listening. Right. And and I think that is where a lot of breakdown, because we shout about communication, but you also have to listen. And right. so that is the crux of the story. And there's so many other like sub, you know, subplots and just messaging that's in there, you know, based off of that one thing where two people are just on two different paths and how right. do you, you battle that? to stay together and, you know, make your marriage work. And of course, communication and listening. And then of course, outside sources between friends and right. other people right. come into play. So it's, I love the story. Um, and I love that I dived into it because it has been well received. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Just from what you just kind of explain, especially that it delves into, you know, the marriage relationship, whereas a lot of urban books are more about, you know, that promiscuity or just like, you know, chasing around this one guy who has like a whole harem of women going like, mm -hmm. it's, yeah. So usually when you think urban fiction, you think you're going to get a particular, you know, type of story. You pretty much think that, you know, you already know what you're going to get, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So I see how this definitely speaks to, you know, some of your background as well as what's going on within your life as far as, you know, maintaining a marriage. You know, that has exactly. to be a lot of work. Exactly. It is. And I've been blessed to be married 19 years. And so wow. I can surely attest to, you know, you, you, you start off almost on the same path and then individually you go left and they may stay straight and, or go right. And then you have to kind of come back into meet the common ground in the middle because you change, you know, all of us as individuals change and of course we grow and we develop and hopefully for the better I always should aim for the better not for worse but, right. but even in going through those journeys as we're growing even developing you know changing and being different your mindset is not the same when you're younger than when you're, you're a little bit older you know as you continue to grow so you might change your mind about a few things you know or you know you might have had a, a set stance on on one issue and then all of a sudden you kind of like okay well you know I see it from this point of view now you right. know or just going through different things in life force you to be able to look at things from a different perspective so it's it's very interesting when you're trying to interweave you know relationships and be together for that long how those just small things change us as persons and how we have to 
try to figure out a way to remain connected and to kind of go with grow with each other through these journeys and come to a common ground. So it is definitely something that I was able to write from from experience of being there. <laughs> wow, that's definitely a word. I feel like a lot of people can, you know, even for those who are considering, you know, taking that plunge and, you know, being connected or yoked to someone, you know, with intent yes. for your whole yes. life and the importance of knowing that you can still have the freedom to have your own life and to grow, you know, with this yes. other individual, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And and you have to be open for it both ways for yourself and for your, your spouse, you know, you have to understand that both of you have to have the room to grow individually, but to still find a way to allow that growth to just merge you, you know, merge you guys together, continue to merge together and figure it out, you know, and I think that's what a lot of people, you know, kind of get stagnant at. They just get tired of working on how to figure it out. (laughs) Right. Definitely. All right. So do you see any part twos in the future for the view? Or are you satisfied with where the uh, characters left off? There will be a part two for the view. So it definitely (laughs) um, ended on a cliffhanger for a lot of people that weren't expecting the ending. (laughs) Definitely left off on a cliffhanger. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. I mean, like, I'm sure that a lot of people cannot wait to figure out, you know, what is the next step, you know, or where the characters are going from there. Okay. Yes, it is. It is one. You know, it is. Like I said, it's not all. Not all love stories and marriages. You know, have the same. Okay, we we fought. We, we break up. We make up, and now it's all good. So they have yeah. to go through a few journeys there. So it definitely ended on you know, for a good note for some, for a horrible note for others. You know, I. I I love listening to the people who've read it and, you know, getting their feedback. Yeah. Everyone loves it, but they are chomping at the bit for part two because <laughs> I did leave them hanging. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So, I would say definitely that I love an offbeat, uh, an offbeat love story. Like, I love when a character just doesn't do what you expect them to do you know and how that how that ends up like I find myself at first when I was younger you know I was like no they should have gotten married I want everyone to ride off into the sunset and you know live happily ever after and then when the character like you know nowadays will just emancipate themselves and like I don't know shave all their hair off and just catch a flight you know to Alaska or whatever I'm like good for her you know go your life (laughs) right it is and for Carly I I think with her character and she's the the female in the in the the group um she I think with her character I believe she believes she's emancipated right (laughs) um, right that's that's yet to be fully seen so (laughs) I think she believes that to a certain extent right now in book one, but we'll have to see where the, where she goes in book two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, what do you hope that readers take away from, you know, from your book after reading, you know, part one? My sincerest hope is that they learn that communication is key, but right. listening is vital. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. And and I say that because as you read the view, right, two readers and they and they realize this, you know, as they're reading along, like if if the characters had listened to each other, just right. honestly listened, right? Because a lot of times we say things without saying it, you know. Right. And if they had honestly listened to each other, they probably wouldn't have ended up. <laughs> In the, right. in the space that they were but because Definitely. they were communicating but not really saying what was on their mind or actually saying it and not having it taken seriously or not really feeling like it was of as much of his importance to that person as it was they started going off of these unbeaten paths and just kind of couldn't figure it out <laughs> so. I think that is the story of a lot of our relationships out here you know, I think about just kind of a quote that I've been seeing, you know, from Erica Badu. I don't know if you're familiar with it, where they say, you know, what kind of like magic do you work on men? You know, and she's like, I listen to them and that's it. I listen, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and a lot of times we, we, 
listen to reply. We try to pick out what the most hurtful or controversial thing is so that we can dig into that and miss the whole message, you know, just uh, just have that ammunition. We're just waiting to hear that one thing, especially when you're, you know, dealing with a partner or you're in a relationship, a very close relationship, and you're already a little hurt. The person's trying to explain themselves, and here you are trying to pick that one thing that you can mm-hmm. just, you know, harp on. Exactly. And you're absolutely right. You know, we listen to reply. And that's the, you know, it's not, we're not listening to take it in and soak in what they're saying. We're, we're listening to hear those key words that we can say, okay, how do I add this to my argument? How do right. I debate what they just say? On this. Right, and it's see not... the wheels turning sometimes. <laughs> right, yes, you can look at a person. It's like you're not even paying attention. You just wanna, you just wanna argue, like you know. And, and a lot of times, their initial response will let you know they didn't he- even hear you because they'll even say, "I heard what you said, but <laughs> you know, right." <laughs> and, it's like, and it's like, okay, you heard what I said, but so now the but is everything I want to say, and this is and what you say doesn't matter. But anyway, mm-hmm. you know, it's yep. it's almost the but is like a but anyway, you know, right? <laughs> so you yeah. definitely you're preaching to the choir on this one, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> So let me ask, uh, a lot of authors, you know, that I speak with, they, you know, some people, everyone hates that book that's been adapted into a movie. You know, everyone feels like they missed really key elements, but I'm going to ask that question anyway. Uh, If that book, your book, The View, was adapted into a movie, who would you want to play, you know, those key characters? Who do you see embodying those characters? And I am glad you because actually the view is supposed to be adapted into a film. So I'm, oh, I'm excited about that. Right. I'm excited about it. Um, it's, it's a couple of years down the road though, but okay. um, you just got to get some, you know, of course, deals done, but I can actually, yes. I, I am at a point where I can say that that's what is. That is what's supposed to happen. So, um, but for me now, grand scheme of things, you know, if, if I land some great backing, you know, from a major production studio, I would love to have Idris Elba play Michael. You know, I Um, knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to go for your dress. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you gotta go for the best. (laughs) He he was the sexiest man alive. Yes. I gotta go for the sexiest man alive uh, to play him. And I honestly, and it's so funny when I say that, in saying Idris Elba, I literally, I, I pondered for weeks to come up with another actor who I would just be like, okay, besides Idris Elba, you know, who would who would I say? And nobody just fit the bill except manifest it manifest it right here and right now I was like there is just no one else that I could possibly see playing this role and that and I really I mean my I I even googled and I looked at when I looked at older movies you know newer movies and I was like there's just no one who I could envision playing this role except him so I would say that is that you know if if I have to make some concessions you know in the future right, I'll, right. I'll, I'll I'll do but I'm I'm trying to I guess I'm gonna shoot my shot right now right like, yeah you just manifest it we're putting it out into the universe yeah. you know you're at the casting call and you're like you have to be Idris Elba like this is what I expect <laughs> from you exactly <laughs> like you you have to to deliver because he and I think because. He is one of those actors in modern times. We've had some, you know, in the past, but in modern times who he is so versatile and right. he's able to just insert himself into any role and you just believe it. You just yeah. buy into yeah. it. He disappears and into the role. Yes, he, he, you buy into it. And the only other person to me that had that ability was Denzel Washington. So, you know, right. it's like... Denzel can he's gone you know from playing Malcolm X to playing a drug dealer you know a crooked cr- cop drug this dealer true. yeah so it's like and in every role he plays you buy into it no matter what he plays in and to me it's that's just so yeah. symbolic of their talent so 
So right. that's why I said I just I couldn't see anyone else playing Michael except for Idris Elba. So if he happens to listen, or if anyone happens to know him, <laughs> let him know. Um, I learned to right. really love <laughs> for you to, right. to play Michael in the View, but yeah. um, for Carly. I actually the his wife Carly had a few, yes. but the person that I kind of landed on was Carrie Hilsman. And I know oh, that wow. was kind of off of, you know, the beaten path with her. Yeah. But I, Carrie Hilson, I really honestly think that she could deliver in Carly's role. I really do. Okay. Um so she she would be my choice for Carly and for Hudson, who is the other main character. I would choose Scott Eastwood. <laughs> and, yeah, and, I, and I think he would, you know, he would actually really deliver in that role as well. So I, those are my three top choices, my three main characters. So, and and believe me, I've, for every character in the book, I've literally gone through and like, okay, who can I, <laughs> who can yeah. I choose? You know, because you for, know, it's going it's to be a real thing really soon where you yeah, have to, gonna, you know, figure out like, who embodies this 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 person, this character? Yes, yes. And I just I have even to her Carly's parents are right key you know key um characters in there as far as her support system, and so right. um with even with her parents like I would choose Lynn Whitfield first of all um because mm-hmm. okay. and I love. The way that she is, it, I don't know if anyone, you know, watches the show Greenleaf, but the oh, way that I she is that. in Greenleaf, it's right. almost the way that her, Carly's mother, Patricia, is <laughs> in The View. Yeah. You know, how she okay. says certain things in, in you know, quotes and and she, right. she kind of talks around, but you get the point of what she's saying. That's kind of how, yes. but at the times when she has to be very straightforward and blunt, she is. That is right. really how Patricia is in the book. And yes. for Carly's father, it would be Courtney B. Vance. Because Courtney B. Vance, okay. as an actor, and even as a person, when you just hear him talk, he's very calm in demeanor. He in the way he delivers. Right. It's direct, but it's calm. And so that's just how um, Mr. Chris is in the book, which is Carly's father. So, yeah, I, I in my head, yeah. I have gone through it meticulously, picked out... <laughs> Well, you really have. You you thought about it. You really got in there, like you know. But you yes. know what? For anyone who's going to go out and download the book, order the book, like we're gonna all be thinking about, you know, this cast. We're gonna manifest with you, and we'll be thinking of Idris and Carrie and their relationship. You know yes. and what they'll bring to, to that book. You know. Okay. Yes. Well, that sounds really good. I just I love your selections, and I really hope to see it play out you know, just as close to what you envision as possible. Thank you. Know? you. I appreciate that. I I certainly do. And I, I, I know that it will. You know, I have that belief system that it truly will. Um, because at this point, I said, hey, it's got to be for me. Because, of course, it's a lot of people's goal to say, oh, you know, I want it to be in a movie. But to have already the foot in the door for it it's like okay you know this is my dream and I see it happening so I'm not gonna stop it till I get it to where I envision it and because it's already you know heading that way I'm like okay well you know I'm gonna keep pressing and (laughs) see what happens so you know my hope is that we are able to get this lovely cast of characters together to be able to deliver because I know if I can do that then it is gonna it's gonna just deliver itself because those are some phenomenal, you know, actors and actresses Ooh, in their yeah. own right. Guy is the limit. All right. So, can you read us a little passage uh, from the book in the series um, that you know you feel is essential for the reader to take note of, or even if you know you want to hold something back, whatever passage you feel like you know you're willing to share today. Sure. Now I'll ask you. Because there are three main characters. There's Carly, there's Hudson, and there's Michael. So would you prefer to hear something that's centered around Hudson, Michael, or Carly? Ooh, that is a tough choice. Because, I mean, I feel (laughs) like you know that their stories are so interconnected. And I don't want to give too much away. But um, I'm hoping, you know, as a female, I want to hear from Carly. 
Okay, you know, okay. That I understand that too. Is it's so funny. All people always ask who's my my favorite character. Right. Right. And the book. Now she wasn't my favorite one to write at times because she right. got on my nerves sometimes. But you know but, what? Uh, I love that you say that because a lot of people do say that their characters take on a life of their own at times and you have to think what would that person do and this is going to be their next logical response you know based on their personality exactly and I was just like you know she got on my nerves at times but I will always say that she's my fave because I'm a female and I believe in female empowerment you know right (laughs) definitely and it's like so she's gonna be my favorite character even though she got on my nerves when I was writing her yeah (laughs) but I'll definitely read you um it's a little short passage and this is it'll be mostly Carly's inner thoughts okay okay Carly glanced at herself in the bedroom mirror. Her form-fitted classic skirt suit with the bustier top gave her the high-profile professional look she was seeking, and her sky-high Louboutins added just the right touch. She looked like she'd been in the game for years. You look, wow, Michael said after Carly walked into the kitchen with her laptop bag on her shoulder and her briefcase in hand. Thank you, she said, grabbing a banana and a bottle of water. She checked to make sure her purse was in her laptop bag and then grabbed her car keys. Big day at work, he asked, putting his paper down and looking her up and down from his seat at the kitchen table. Yes, major account to close. Michael wiped his hand down his face. Carly's aloofness had turned them into a couple he didn't even recognize. At moments like this in the past, she would have shared all the details of her work with him. I didn't know. That's great. Do you think that you'll... Sorry, Michael. I have to go. Have a great day at work. She patted his hand and headed out, leaving him stuck on stupid. On the ride to work, Carly tried not to think about Michael's feeble attempts at conversation. She knew he was itching to talk, but it bothered her that he expected her to give over what, get over what he'd done to her, forgive him, and eagerly engage in conversation with him, even though he had shown no willingness to extend to her the same olive branch. God knows she was trying to will herself past her ill feelings, her resentment, but it was so hard. Every time she looked at him, she was torn between the love she had for him and the anger she harbored. The only way she could process everything with her marriage and make it through the presentation she was the <clears throat> she was about to give was to keep up her old stern, no nonsense business demeanor. And that is a brief snippet wow. of what's going on. I was talking already. I admit to that, like the tension in the room. I can imagine poor Idris just like rubbing his face. <laughs> Carly just spreading outside in her blue suit. Like, I'm done with you right now. Yes. And I, I read that because I wanted to, yeah. to, to hone in on two points. The point mm-hmm. was just to show, you know, how after she left, she had all of these thoughts that she was thinking as to why you know because at first it just seemed that she was being mean to him and her husband and then you find out later no she's got a reason why you know she's being mean and she's upset because something he'd done earlier was really hurtful to her like devastatingly hurtful and it was they were in this position where she'd hurt him first and she tried to work it out and he didn't want to give her the time of day. He was just adamant that he wasn't in a place or a space where he could listen to her and he could, you know, talk to her and communicate with her. And then when he messes up, it was like, oh, you know, now I want to talk. <laughs> now, now I want <laughs> you to engage with me. And she's like, I don't have time for this. I'm gone to work. Thank you. <laughs> you know, very oh much. Oh, my God. <laughs> so <laughs> it, I've been there. <laughs> exactly and I think and that's something that one thing that is vital you know because I said the message is not only communication is key but listening is vital you know and that's just one of the moments that it once you read the book and you come to that portion in the book you realize if he had just listened you know to her earlier then perhaps he, he wouldn't have made the decision he made and they wouldn't be now going through another battle. So it's a, you know, it's, it's just all something, your actions always produce an equal or opposite reaction. So, you know, if it's a bad reaction, you tend to have a chain of bad reactions. <laughs> right, right. That is, that's, that is powerful. Just 
everything surrounding their situation, her thoughts, you know, just the whole setup of that, you know, she's getting sexy, she's going to work and his mind is probably going at a hundred miles an hour. You know, she's all dressed <laughs> up and ready to go. She's thinking the same, like it's, if, if they had talked, you know. Exactly, exactly. And it, and it's a powerful moment because the the beginning of the book, you see how much they love each other. It gets right. really, I really take my time to develop their love and right. their relationship. And to see it just slowly deteriorate is so heartbreaking for so many. Like the readers really go through such a heartbreak because they're like, yeah. oh my God, they were so, you know, they're, they're so the perfect couple for it, not just individually before each other and then just to right. see it just deteriorate to deteriorate and it right. deteriorated rather rapidly but <laughs> it was, you know and it doesn't take much and that's what I, I I try to tell a lot of people it doesn't take much at all for you know a relationship to dissolve you know to just really be at one place one minute and then you look up and six months later he's like how did we even get here you know <laughs> right right Definitely. Okay. So, where can readers purchase your book? The book is available, of course, on Amazon. They are the conglomerate. <laughs> it is definitely on Amazon. And yes. it is in Barnes and Nobles. Um, it okay. is um, in Walmart, Target. And if you would like to purchase and get an autograph, copy directly from me it's available on my website which is untamedpublishing.net oh nice okay so we'll be sure to share the link as well you know so people can get in on a you know before it becomes a huge movie you don't get know, in right? on getting a signed copy of this book you know get the, sometimes get the book the doesn't story. get the shine Right. right. A book doesn't get the shine until it becomes a movie sometimes. Like someone recognizes that this is a great story, adapts it into a film, you know, like The Fault in Our Stars, and everyone goes and, you know, gets into the book and to compare it, you know, and then there's going to be those of us who can snobbily say, like, now I read the book already. It's fine. Like, I, I know it's right. supposed to happen. Like, <laughs> exactly. It's part. Like, uh... And I, right, that, that's, that's what I was about to say. It's like, I, I said, I, I hope that we are able to hit, you know, a lot of key parts because I do know, you know, when things are adapted into film, certain parts right. are not, you know, put in. And it's not because yeah. of, you know, th- this is more for readers. It's not because people are trying to botch the story. It's just that right. you have a, you only have a certain amount of time, like an hour and a half right. to crunch and, I know some of us can read that fast, but it doesn't play out. Like some book, if you have a two to three hundred page book, that's like three, four hours of movie material. So yeah, that is so true. (laughs) You have to trim the fat. So we are try our best to get the best parts of the book into the film, so that it doesn't feel like it's it's snatching the reader's joy. But exactly, I'm, I'm one of those people who. Let me read the book first and then see the movie. Yeah. And then, you know, because you know, I can appreciate it from both ways. And, and then, but like you said, sometimes it's like, oh man, you left this part out, you left that part out. Yeah. But, but I understand it more now. I know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Idris will emote it all. Like, that is fine. You exactly. can leave out as much as you need to. Idris will emote it. He will smolder. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> He'll cover it. He he has the cover. I have the face. He has the cover. Yes. <laughs> He's you like, I got you. <laughs> right. He says, I got you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, are you on any other social media platforms besides Facebook? I am. I am on Instagram. I am on Twitter. Um, under everything is under Author Untamed. So if you look up Author Untamed on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, you will find me. I have a regular page on Facebook and a fan page, and they both say Author Untamed. And right, you know, so definitely you can find me there. I'm also on YouTube under um, okay. Untamed Aries. Now oh. I do have an Author Untamed YouTube page, and I'm trying to transfer everything over to so, but. It, whichever YouTube channel you subscribe to is fine with me. It's just 
my YouTube channel right now is just housing all of my actual book trailers for my books. Um, okay. But I plan to do some some short reads sometime soon to try to get more into the YouTube wave that's going on. <laughs> yeah. No, but I love that you. That is a very fresh idea. You know having those book trailers because a lot of us are so visual like you know things are changing now for authors for people who you know who write books you know a lot of us are taking in a lot of our uh media and information audibly or visually you know so to kind of bring that story to life and draw you know potential readers in having that information for them to get a sneak peek into the book by checking out your youtube page must be a really good tool it really is, and it's been a really big success and a big draw to have, right. you know, the book trailers developed and to see people just really get enamored with the story from the trailer. And it's it's amazing because you can post the synopsis, right? And this right. is what I found. Just like you said, we're we're so visual now. You can post the synopsis, and even for readers, they'll read it, and they're like, oh, okay, that's nice. And then you do the trailer, and the trailer visually says everything the synopsis reads, and the reaction is so different. It's so much more exciting, but it's because we're so visual now. Like, we right. we right. we get gain interest from visualness. You know, it's like, I, I just... Um, I've learned to embrace it because I was kind of a one of those old school authors where, you know, I kind of wanted to just be in the background and be, you know, people like wonder who is she? <laughs> and, and read. But, you know, you have yeah. to change with the times. And so I've learned to, but it's been fun. I love every trailer that's been made. It is even, you know, you see the growth and even the trailers and even the visuals and the graphics and but it is amazing it is a tool that has been very useful for me and so I encourage other authors to definitely you know find those different ways to attract your readers and book trailers are a great source they're an awesome source right that is an amazing idea and I'm glad that you're out here you know sharing that information like hey we're all out here in the same game trying to you know bring attention or have a platform to this art that we're putting out you know so I'm really glad that you're doing that okay well thank you no problem like do you have any book signings or other promotional events uh coming up I sure do I actually the two that I have finalized right now is that I'll be um at the me time book fair event in Tuscaloosa Alabama and that's April the 4th and I will be back with the actual Me Time Book Club for author meet and greet for me in September, September 12th, I believe it is, of 2020. Those are the two that are finalized right now. I have, I'm working on one in New Orleans and another one in um, North Carolina and one in Florida. So as soon okay. as I can get those finalized and get those dates in, I'll be letting, you know, everyone know on my pages yeah. about them. But those two, which are both will both be in Tuscaloosa, Alabama in April and in September, those are the first two that are finalized right now. Okay. You are definitely working hard to spread the word and you do have a very impressive collection of, you know, books that are out there. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yes. And that's another thing with Untamed. I say that since I'm going to be free with how I write, I want to actually dive into several different genres. So Right now, I've written poetry, urban fiction, erotic romance, as I call it. (laughs) And so I'll be looking into, um, and actually, a couple of my books are are not typical even urban fiction. They're more like crime fiction. um, Right. Because the angle of it is different. I have a book called Boss Queen, Stiletto Mafioso, and people think, oh, okay, that's, you know, more like street lit or something. But actually, it's just really about um, centered around um, a set of characters who are a part of a mafia family. So, Italian mafia family. So, that is that, you know, it's like those are crime crime thrillers um, and even the contract. Um, the contract is more about a, a young a man and a woman who 
he's a contract killer and she's mm-hmm. a lick for hire. So, and a lick yes. basically is someone who steals. So, it's like a thief, a thief and a contract killer. So, right. you, you got a pro, you got, that's a dynamic duo there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. I love those kind of characters as well because when you humanize those kind of characters, you know, it yeah. makes for an interesting story. You know, yes. reason, you know, what they'll get out of it. Sometimes some people have no other reason. They just like to watch the world burn. Some people are just like right. that, you know, and it's <laughs> I know and as people we're a why, a lot of why people we wanna know. And if we can't figure out why, we at least wanna know their background story so we can yeah. say, Okay, well this is at least why they are the way they are. Yeah, yeah. That's why Snap is so popular. Like let's let's figure yeah. out what happened here. Exactly. You know? And I, I tell people I said, um the reason why we continue to watch like horror movies like Freddy and you know, and um uh, with Friday the thirteenth and Freddy Krueger and all that good stuff. And say, even though they're doing the same thing and you always like, Well, why did they just, you know, keep doing this and keep doing you know that their background story is like you don't know a why they just snapped, but then you hear the background story from their childhood or this what happened and this is what yeah. happened with Freddie with the the townspeople and they accused him of doing this, you know, with the little kids. So it's like that is enough for us to be like, okay, now what is he gonna do? You know, yeah. <laughs> right? You can't look away yeah. from that kind of thing. It's like a train wreck. <laughs> right. Not only that, you know, like as a kid, and I've seen this before, and I realize it that it is true. Like, when you're a kid, you're always rooting for the hero. But, like, when you become an adult and, like, things happen, like, throughout your life, you kind of understand where the, the villain came from. They're like, oh, you're okay. working on anything right now. Yes, I am. I'm actually working on the contract, too, um, with my co-author, JC. And okay. so, well, technically, we're actually at the end of it. So, and um, that is the continuation of course the contract um which is yes. the story about the contract killer and the lick um and it's it gets very i've enjoyed writing that story i i just was like it it's so full of you know espionage <laughs> and yes. all of these different um sinister plots and schemes right, and, right. And um, for those who are JC fans, I I always say um, make sure that you've read his books, which is like Beast and Beast AD, because there is a, a tie-in to yes. that series as well. So it has been a great journey writing these books with him because he is a phenomenal writer and um, he is completely hilarious. Anybody who follows him knows that he is uh, he is always making you laugh on social media like uh, he's one of those people who I always say you know almost every day I'm like I'm going to take your phone (laughs) you know I'm going to take your phone give me your phone Uh, no you you are not allowed to post again today (laughs) yeah but it's been fun um, writing with him. And also, yeah. my series, Never Again No More, book one, is going to be released on on Amazon. It'll be released December 31st. But it's actually supposed to come out January 1st. But Amazon is going to release it December 31st. They always a, a day ahead of the game. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so... <laughs> Christmas is on pre-order now on Amazon. So yes. um, the contracts too will actually be up for pre-order in a couple of weeks. But um, Never Again No More is up for pre-order now. And so give yourself a you know a nice little New Year <laughs> read <laughs> and download that for um, it'll re- like I said it'll release on New Year's Eve. Yeah. So and um, I'm actually in in the process of editing book two, which is never again, no more will be a six book series. And I am um, editing the second part. And I'm sorry, that part, that book will actually be released June, 2020. So I have a a (laughs) few books that I, that I'm working on getting out of the door here. Yes. Yes, I, and I'm trying to figure out how I, I manage it all. So, but I, it, it works. It works. I, I run a tight ship. Yeah. <laughs> like, where do you draw all this inspiration? This is so 
there's so many different stories that you are simultaneously telling so many different projects that you are working on and even collaborations like where is it all coming from oh my goodness now i will say this is this is craziest thing i draw inspiration from anywhere and anything when it comes to writing it is just if it speaks to me and the story may pop up i I draw inspiration from pictures. The view, what I tell everybody is no one actually knew exactly what a view came from, but it came from a picture. Wow. And I was like, one of my friends posted a picture on Instagram and it sparked this entire novel. And and the only thing about it was, it's just that it was the view of a, like the person it was in a hotel room looking out over yes. the city. And how I came to the story I came to from that one picture, I do not know, but it sparked an entire book. <laughs> wow. And, um, but Never Again No More is actually a little bit more personal yes. for me because that book um, is basically about four women. Um, they're all, two of them are cousins, but collectively they're all best yes. friends. And they were all teen mothers. But the story actually picks up while they're in their early 20s and they're going, you know, they're doing their coming of age, you know, their parents and their outlook on life is different. So they go through all of these different uh, emotional struggles individually as young women and then young mothers as well as the struggles that they have with their family, with their you know, their boyfriends or their children's fathers. And it's, it's steeped in so many issues that we kind of shy away from in our own communities and talking about, there's just so many things that happen, you know, um, with young girls that we're just as, as a people afraid to talk about, you know, we're scared to talk about it. And, they actually go through different struggles and journeys on their own, but they also help each other through it together as friends. So this series is one that's personal to me because I was a teen mom and I wanted to highlight, you know, some of the struggles that we go through, but also not just in myself, just in stories I've heard and other people that I've known who gone through it because we don't all have the same journey. And I wanted to highlight the different scenarios and different things that could happen, not as a direct cause of it, but as you're going through life, you have this whole set of little people that you have to maintain and look yeah. out for. And how do you do that? You know, when you're struggling to work and you're trying to get an education or what if one of your kids is born with a disability, right, right. you know, and what if, you know, you end up having more than one right. child, you know, at right. one time. How do you care for this child? You know, so it's a lot of different scenarios that stem from there. But of course, as I always do, I always take these stories left, right, up and down. Yeah. <laughs> Each lady has a whole nother set of struggles that they're dealing with outside of just being a mother and trying to learn how to be a woman. And, you know, some of it is dealing with family members, like the relationship between a mother and daughter or a father and daughter, you know, or the relationship issues or sisters, you right. know, that are having issues with each other. So there's so, it's so much, but I, it was one that I felt was really needed because if for no other reason, just for someone who picks it up and reads and it says, I was going through this or I, you know, someone I love is going through this and this is going to help or it has right. helped, you know, <laughs> So that's my goal. Yeah. But with um, the story, like the contract and with Boss Queens, it was Boss Queens is also a collaboration between me and author Timeless D. So those are more of the, you know, planned because we say, okay, this is what we want to write about. You know, this is the gist of what we want to write about. So let's go ahead and develop this story. So like I said, there's just so many different ways. One was personal, two were planned, one was from a picture. So I draw inspiration everywhere. Wow. So you were like one of those kids who, you know, when you read stories, you can make your own thing up just by looking at just one illustration or before you could even read, you just kind of like held that book upside down and you just made that oh, yeah. on the side. Right. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll read a book and like, even now to this day, like, I'll read a book and it's really good and you know I put it down and in my mind 
I'm already developing a plot of what's going to happen next and how it gets to the end. And I enjoy when I read it and it's definitely not going the way that I planned, <laughs> but <laughs> but I I will actually for like just foreshadow in my mind what's happening, what's going to happen next. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I wish they would have done that. I wish they would have done this. And I'm like, but you know, and that's just, I guess the writer in me, the creativity in me, but I haven't, I've done that ever since I was a kid. So, you know, I enjoyed those books to where they had alternate yeah. endings, the alternate ending type of books <laughs> that we had when we were kids. I enjoyed those because at least one of them would touch on where I wanted to right. go. So I'd be like, where do I need to get this book so I can get to the ending that I that I, right. <laughs> I love an alternate ending as well but you know what you touched on something that you know was very you know it, it hit me right there where you were saying you know there's so many things that go on in the lives of you know young girls and honestly I read a lot of memoirs especially like celebrity memoirs I'm guilty of it it's something that I can listen to on Audible while washing the dishes or whatever and I always cringe because almost you know, 80% of them, there, there's, there's always mm-hmm. that one story of some kind of inappropriate thing that happened in their life, you know, mm-hmm. and I wish that girls didn't have to go through that so often. I, I wish that it wasn't Absolutely. such a common part of a lot of our lives. And there's so many stories out there, you know, but there's so many that are untold, you know. Exactly. And that was one reason why it was very important to me to to touch on those, because even though it's a fictional story, the story itself is real. Because if it's not real to me or to you, it's real to someone right. else. And I wanted to just highlight that because, you know, we all want the best and wish for the best and we don't want to think about you know the the nasty things that have happened in the past or when we were young but those things happen and those things are real and they're also kind of swept if they're not swept under the rug which they are but if they're not swept under the rug they're just kind of shunned and you don't talk about it you just you know hold it in and we all need that outlet and that you know just that knowing that someone has experienced this and how did they deal with it? Because that is the disadvantage that we have. It's the disservice that we have when we don't speak on these issues is that some way, shape or form, this person has to process it and they have to deal with what happened and they might not be strong enough to overcome it in a positive way. So if they read about someone overcoming it in a positive way, or even if they went through, you know, hell and back, but they still came out golden in the end, well, how did they get to that point? Yeah. You know, so that if I'm on this journey or I know someone who's on this journey, I can help them. And that is the biggest thing. Exactly. That is the biggest thing that we should aim to do is that we have to talk about it so that we can find solutions for each other and learn how to process the the tough things that we've had to endure in life in a very positive right. way so that we don't end up with all of these negative issues and mental health issues and you know that are coming up now more than ever is now is the time to really talk about it we have to try to get away from shunning it because we have people dealing with too many mental health issues for that right. and you know, we especially when we have nine-year-old kids that are taking their lives because they just can't right. deal with bullying. You know, those are the type of things that those are the reasons and the type of type of things that are yeah. happening. While we have to open ourselves up to talk about these things and discuss them and come up with real solutions, because if not, you know, we will continue to lose lives at a rapid rate, and not even just by death, but just mentally and attitude you know we want people to people to grow up to be the best that they can be but we're not going to be able to achieve that if we don't help them get through the issues that they're having well said definitely well said and I feel like you know a lot of us who have that platform you know are tasked with taking on some of those issues and using that platform that we have to affect change you know exactly exactly you have to you have to and as even you know when I wrote my poetry book and I said at the top of that I want to introduce myself that I had an angel baby um 
my firstborn child, the one that actually sparked me to write Never Again No More, right. she um, passed in a car accident from right. drunk driving. So drunk driver hit my my mother's wow. vehicle and so I lost my I lost my daughter. I actually lost my mom, my daughter and my cousin. Oh my god. But you know, I lost my daughter, my oldest daughter, which is the one that I had when I was a teen. Yes. She was seven. Right. And I had to come to a point that, you know, I have to talk about this. Being a writer was one of the things that helped me express this. So the poetry book is dedicated to them and it's a book of poetry that I've written all the way from ages 8 to when she would have been 18 10 years of poetry I wrote for her birthday and those were all the the things that I was just feeling at that time and I actually wrote a poem to the drawn driver called Mad Mom and um, it was basically my way of letting him know what I went yes. through and uh, through all of this I've forgiven yes. him so it was something that's really needed and and because it was something that was like I consider a labor of love I don't even keep proceeds from it everything that I earn from that poetry book I donate to Mothers Against Drunk Driving right. for Georgia so each state has a state office so I'm from Georgia so mine goes to the state office of Georgia and um I became ended up becoming an advocate for Mothers Against Drunk Driving. So I even work with that too. I, I stay pretty busy because I, I I stay volu- I'm a volunteer with my Mothers Against Drunk Driving for Georgia. So that is another labor of love that I do. And and that is one way, you know, I said I have to use my yeah. platform for something that is near and dear to me, but also just another life struggle because I didn't ask to be a part of this this club of people who we we you know we don't hear about it often. We just hear the news right. stories, but we don't hear about the ramifications yeah, of it, yeah. you know. And I and I tell people that all the time. I say, you know, behind that eleven o'clock news story, there's a family who has to deal with the loss of a loved right. one. And this is our story, you know. <laughs> so I I I am proud of the fact of anything that I've ever written. That that poetry book is one thing that I did go through that process and write, yeah. if for nothing else, but to secure funding to help spread awareness through Mothers Against Drunk Driving and to help victims and survivors of crashes. So that is incredibly powerful. You know, all those poems that you wrote through mm-hmm. her. Like, uh, I don't believe I caught the name of that poetry book, but I really feel it's important to let us know so that we can, you know, support the cause as well. Sure. The name of the poetry book is called um, A Poetic Journey of Strength and Survival. Um, It's called This Side of Heaven, A Poetic Journey of Strength and Survival. So that is what the book is called. And it is very thin book. It's, you know, like I said, everything that I have ever made off of it, I I wrote it, that one I self-published on my own. But all of the proceeds that I earned, through Amazon sales or direct sales, I just turn it right all all over every um, six months to Mothers Against Drunk Driving, and I cut them out their check and give them their donation so that we can help continue spreading awareness and doing seminars for Power of the Youth and also to help um, aid them with helping those who are now going through court cases um in criminal trials you know because there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of a lot of um counseling that has to be done legally on the legal side and that they help provide provide that support for the family so that is the way it goes to that is definitely powerful i thank you so very much for sharing you know such an incredibly personal you know passion project and how, you know, you've taken that experience and have used it to help others. You know, that is definitely powerful. Thank you so much. And I appreciate it. I appreciate you allowing me to be on the platform and, and you know, spread that. You know, I'd love to talk about me as an author, but I would be remiss if I did not talk about, you know, the passion projects because the gift that, I've been given as a writer and I, and I do believe this for everyone, you know, 
that you should at some point in your life, whatever gift that you've been given, use it to benefit someone Definitely. else. And so this was, you know, this was something that I went through and it wasn't for me just to go through it without being able to reach back and say, let me use the gift that I yep. have to help yes. others who are going through the same thing or have gone through it. Wow. Thank you so very much for sharing with us. And I'd like to thank you for, you know, taking the time out, you know, to grace the podcast and to just bring light to these issues, to bring light to these programs and to, you know, such an incredible work that you've put together. Uh, I look forward to, you know, sharing, you know, even on my page, you know, little page that we have, you know, a little bit of the information that you have and uh, our time is up now, but I hope that this is not the last time that we will be interacting, that you'll be, you know, coming on because you have just so much going on, you know. Uh, oh, thank you so much. And definitely anytime you want to have me back, I will be open and free to come and talk. Uh, you know, I, I, like I said before, <laughs> I think I'll try to to keep it to a minimum as much as I can, you know, but I just, I, I, I'll get along with it, but it's all in love. I love the, the love, the art of yes. writing, and I love messaging, and I love just being a positive force, so I definitely appreciate you having me. It has been an absolute joy to, to converse with you Thank about you. everything that is going on. <laughs>